stream, you can go back and watch us decorate this beautiful room for Christmas. And by us, I mean me, because they sat around drinking hot chocolate while I decorated everything. Well, welcome to today's episode of Jackson Cloud. I'm Olivia. I'm Jamin. Bah humbug. I'm Casey. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the subjects we've already been talking about. We start with spiritual gifts. Now we've kind of moved into just kind of supernatural topics of the Bible in general. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the responsibility of spiritual gifts. With great power comes great responsibility. So today is Spider-Man and spiritual gift. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, we're going to... No, Spider-Man spirituality. Mm, seems weird. There's going to be a cult that starts out if you <laughs> do something like that. Uh, but we're going to talk about the responsibility of supernatural power. Now, we've kind of already gotten into the subject a little bit as we have been going throughout the week. So it's going to be a little bit of like, hey, you already mentioned that. But then we'll kind of take it from a different front. So let's start with the divine council. Anybody want to recap us through that? Feel bold enough to try to tell that one in 30 seconds or less? Sure. All right, The divine council is a group of high up angels that the Lord trusted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so like, we, uh, at least by New Testament times, angels was the general word for any good being in the spiritual world. Um, but in the Old Testament, they had all different kinds of names. Um, so some of them, angels technically just means messenger, but some of the spiritual beings were allotted power and authority over nations. Uh, Deuteronomy 32.18 tells us this, um, that at the Tower of Babel, nations are split up, and then different angelic or heavenly beings were allotted power over them. So when you come across the false gods in the Bible, yes, they are false gods because they are not to be worshipped, but they are not false in the sense that the Bible authors thought that they didn't exist. They are little g beings, still spiritual beings, granted power and authority to rule over different territories of humans. That sounds weird to us, but that actually is the picture that the Bible paints all over the place, Old Testament and New. So with that being said, you see that God allotted these immortal spiritual beings power and authority to do stuff and with great power comes great responsibility and the bible tells us <laughs> the bible tells us that they failed at being responsible with that authority uh, deuteron deuteron psalm 82 says god calls the little g gods into his courtroom into the divine council and he judges them all and now they're all going to face judgment for what they've done so that's what you see among spiritual beings. Even Job tells us that God doesn't trust his holy ones. Holy ones is another term for like spiritual beings. So some of the holy ones of heaven, God doesn't trust. Uh, so you see more with like power and authority that's being abused. Likewise, just look at like demons in general. Demons have lots of different backgrounds, but they still exist. They still have some allotment of power and authority by the fact that they are still present and they exercise it poorly. Think about human beings. As human beings, just, just by being human, you are made 
in the image of God, which means you have been like appointed to the earth to be an image to the planet of what God looks like. What would God do in this case or over here facing this moral issue, facing this conversational issue or taking care of the environment over here? What would he do? How do you take Eden, multiply, go out into the rest of the world and make the rest of the world look like Eden so it images God just like Eden did in, in his holy place, you know? Like humans, just by being a human being, you are allotted power and authority. Now, have you seen human beings abuse their power and authority before? No, <laughs> that never happens. Well, that's just the thing. And this goes back to our conversation in a previous episode about why is there pain? The answer, because God grants power and authority, not only to angelic beings, but to human beings. And he hopes that they will use it to further his image. But to be made in his image is to be made with power and authority, and we abuse it all the time. So when you come across someone who's um, doing something atrocious or has abused another person in some kind of horrible way, they've taken power and authority that they have as a human being and they've misused it. I think the same can be true with spiritual gifts. Uh, this is power and authority gifted to us and that we can abuse it if we're not careful. So we can become a supervillain? No, not exactly. No. Because all the spiritual gifts in nature are, are good gifts. But, but there's some stories where they seem to like get confused and I think we talked about it before did we talk about Elisha we did uh, sorry Elijah in the Old Testament he calls fire down from heaven right um, to wipe out an army and they're wiped out and so they send another army and he wipes them out with fire from heaven they send another army and that's when he's going to do it again then the angel of the Lord shows up and he's like stop it right like <laughs> He doesn't say stop it. He just says go with them. So, like, there's this implication, like, hey, we don't need mass murder. You know, like, you can just go with them. And so he goes, and then the king talks with them, and he's done. <laughs> that's, that's all that was ever going to happen. He just needed to go talk to the king. So it's almost like, as like a mega prophet, some certain kind of spiritual power had been downloaded to him, which he used to... to take people out which clearly the angel of the lord was like why <laughs> you know like just go with it they just want to talk to you so that to me seems to be an example of of spiritual gifts great power great responsibility being used poorly you look like you were going to say something. So, so he was a super villain by by burning them down two armies. Uh, no, the great prophets were not super villains. In that moment, though, he could be looked at as a super villain. In that moment, I would say he done messed up. That would be my opinion. Uh, his predecessor kind of does the same. Do you remember a story where Elisha goes crazy? No. Remind me. So Elijah has just taken a train up to heaven. <laughs> And Elisha receives the Holy Spirit kind of like imparted to him. And he asked for like a double, 
a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Like, let me have twice as much. So Elijah goes to heaven, and Elisha becomes his predecessor. And it says he was he was walking, like this is like right after he's been anointed. He's walking, and then there's some boys making fun of him. They say, go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. <laughs> and so he puts a curse on them for she-bears to kill them. And then she-bears she, she come out of the wood, woods and maul them. <laughs> I mean, you read stories like this in the Bible, point blank, and you're like, what is going on here? Now, some commentators would push back and say, like, those probably weren't boys, first off. They were probably adults. Uh, uh, likewise. So the murder was okay then? I know. Like, that, what? That's, that's where I'm like, I don't think that fixes anything. And then, but it at least feels like it's not a bunch of boys on the playground or something. You know? so, and then, secondly, they would say that, like, this insult actually was a very heavy insult on him. And I don't remember the reasons why they would say that, but it was more than just being bald. It was something beyond that. So, um, either way, whatever the case may be, being insulted, in my opinion, is still not a reason to put a she-bear curse upon Men or children. I insulted you, therefore you must die. Yeah, well, that's what he does, though. And that's where you're like, Elisha, I think you don't get this yet. You know, like, maybe don't kill people for making fun of you with supernatural power. Like, that doesn't seem to be the way to go, you know? Like, uh, but that seems to be kind of what um, one of the ways in which, as soon as he's gifted, I would say like he's, he doesn't understand the ways of God's character enough to, to use it rightly. Now, this all sounds kind of Old Testament-y to us, but the New Testament does it too. You guys know what story I'm talking about? Remind the me. People who want to call down fire from heaven in the New oh, Testament. Oh, yes. It's the, it's, oh my goodness, it's the disciples. Yes. Two in particular. Disciple for a second. The sons, sons of, of thunder. thunder. Yeah, which I think is James and John. James and John want to call down fire from heaven because the city won't let them stay there. And so they're like, Jesus, should we do this? Should we call down fire from heaven? Now that's what the original manuscripts say. There are some older or some manuscripts after that time where they just wrote down what they were doing. And so like later church church scribes or whatever just write in because they wanted to copy what Elijah did. So in other words, like you you were supposed to catch on to that just by reading it, like they're re envisioning Elijah, but other so they wanted to commit mass murder by burning an entire city. They disrespected us, like they disrespected Elisha. Should we call down fire from heaven, like Elijah? You know, like they're just they're living with that same mindset of we have power, we have authority, we have Jesus. You ain't got no idea what we've seen this guy do. You want you you really want to deal with this? You don't want us to be in your town, huh? So in other words, insult your honor, burn an entire city. And that's exactly how those disciples think. And Jesus rebukes them for it. Uh, and like, you, you just see in that moment, this idea of like, no, like that's not the way. You have to say that does sound very American. It, yeah, it really does. Uh, for them, it sounded very Messiah, Jewish Messiah. We're waiting for the guy to come and like avenge us and 
overthrow our enemies and that's the way that their minds are working the way that american minds work right like overthrow our enemies in the name of god and that's that's how they act in that moment like should we overthrow these people burn it to the ground it's just like no just go to the next town you know like burn this place down have you guys not listened to a word i've said Love your enemies? I think that was in the Sermon on the Mount when we first started this whole Wait, wait, it's not love your enemies, burn their houses down? That's not what it says? It's not what it says, believe it or not. It's actually just love them. Maybe turn the other cheek. Maybe go buy something. Maybe go the extra mile with them. Maybe die on a cross. For the sake of those who are them to die by bears. You're still misunderstanding. In case he doesn't understand the theological implications here. But we've also talked about this in past episodes, and we'll make a whole episode to hash it out eventually. But there is a good chance, even from many theologians go this route, where the angel of the Lord is kind of like Jesus of the Old Testament. Because the angel of the Lord always talks like he is God, is a physical manifestation of God, is sometimes kind of referred to as a, a man, but also an angel. Uh, either way, in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord stops Elijah, right? Like, that's not how we use spiritual power. And in the New Testament, if we're thinking Jesus as, like, this angel of the Lord character, here's Jesus again. Now he's stopping his disciples. It's like, what the heck? Do you guys still not get this? Like, I just like to think about if you read this story in the Old Testament and, in, and the angel of the Lord shows up and stops Elijah, and like, that's not what you took away from that story. Like still, you just took away, remember how Elijah killed like 150 guys? <laughs> like We can do it too. You just like, remember how God himself showed up? I was like, stop it. You know, like it's just, it's, it's surprising. But I bring that up because, you know, I, I, I still am trying to kind of discern what the Bible's saying about when spiritual gifts are given to us, but while it is the Holy Spirit's power, sometimes it appears to me that it's power that can be allotted to us to, to occasionally use at our discretion or um, not that we have control over the power, if you will, but like it's in the same way that the false little G gods are allotted power and authority and they misuse it in the same way that human beings, just as being human, are allotted power and authority and they misuse it. Just as the same way that all things in creation, including animals with their different degrees of glory or power and authority can misuse what they have. I think there's a possibility that even within like human beings being gifted spiritual gifts, that they can misuse it. And I feel like I've heard stories from pastors who occasionally have prayed for bitter things to happen and like they've happened. <laughs> And like they sometimes walk away from that moment like, yeah, the God just showed up and took care of my enemies or something like that. And there's moments where I'm like, are you, are you sure that like you didn't exercise a certain authority that was given to you? And I feel bad because there was like one time someone told me like I prayed against this person and God took care of it. And I, I like my humor side of me it was like yeah you curse someone high five and we high five like the moment that we high five was like you know that's not really funny <laughs> like that's kind of bad that's it just occurred to me i'm like that's the elijah thing is like you were granted power and authority 
and you probably misused it. You know, like I, I think we need to be careful with what we pray into existence, what we speak into existence, how we practice spiritual gifts. Even I have an idea. Yeah. Now this might be a long shot, but I know a lot of times previously you've healed very well with feet. And we happen to have someone today who has a potential foot problem. Oh no! That potentially could get healed. And I know this is a crazy idea, but... Alright, backstory to... time. Hello guys. One week and one day ago, I was in a car accident. And somehow, in a car accident, I sprained my ankle. Interestingly enough, my wife drove by the accident and didn't know it was her and felt horrible as we all did when we realized, oh, it was Olivia. All right, yeah, let's, okay. So here, here would be an illustration. Can I really abuse the gift of healing someone's foot? I don't know. Doing it for views on YouTube seems a little bit like abusing okay. it. Well, there, there's a good idea though, right? Like that's, there's spiritual power and authority invested and then like, there sometimes do seem to be people trying to make profit off of spiritual gifts. And like, sometimes I think like the spiritual gifts might be there, but they're being like abused in the way that they're being practiced and all that for views on YouTube or for making money or send us a hundred dollars and we'll send you back a prayed over handkerchief for your healing. Just like they did in Acts, you know, like that all to me feels like maybe it's there. Maybe it happens. I don't think God's into this. Like this, this isn't cool. Like this, this is wrong. You know, like, so that would be a, a great example. Exactly. Like, should we do it for views? All right, give me your foot. <laughs> we'll turn off the camera and pray for it. Now that Olivia's made it a moral issue, but it's a great example of exactly what we're talking about. Now, if it wasn't for that, would there be a bad reason to pray for someone to be healed? I mean, it seems like praying for healing is just innately a good thing. That's Yeah, so this is why I'm trying to think out loud. I'm, I think you gave a great example as to how it could be abused. I think, uh, what's another good example? Uh, um, that was my brain working to process it. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why we all heard it. The giant car noise was, was your brain thinking. Oh, I, I okay, so I think of a story. Uh, there's this lady who used to, she talks about how she used to always climb up on Mother Teresa's feet and they called her pancake feet and they just hang on as she walked around because her feet were. Anyways, uh, <laughs> she was speaking in Michigan and I went and, and, and kind of heard some of her story, but she was talking about how like she was evangelizing this one night and she was praying for people and this one guy wanted to get saved, but his the story of what he was coming out of was like so bad um, that she wondered if, if like tonight was the night where he should get saved. Like, <laughs> I, that sounds crazy to us, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we always want people to be saved, like right now, right on the spot, of course, of course. But like, there was just something to her that gave her pause, like he needs to be serious about this if he's gonna get saved. He needs to like change everything. Cause we're talking like, bitter to the core bad like someone just getting saved and now running around continuing all that stuff in the name of jesus which is so like in her mind is like i have responsibility and authority even in offering the gospel message to this man in this moment and so like she she, she did that night extend self like the the not that she's 
responsible for anyone's salvation. But she extended, you know, like, I'm going to take you through the prayer and all that. But for a moment, she just like, we're going to talk. Like, we're not just going <laughs> to move forward from here. So she took the power and responsibility that she had even in sharing the gospel to ensure that this moment wouldn't somehow be turned around and abuse it. So uh, that would be maybe one example of exercising power and authority. Uh, but of course, God is the only one who, who saves. It's his gift and it's free to all. So that's just a side story. But yeah, so, you know, when you're practicing spiritual gifts, just be careful. Think about if there's any way in which you could possibly be abusing it or taking it out of context or what is the heart or motivation behind your prayer. Are you looking for attention? Do you want to be like the great healer that everyone's looking for? Uh, things that will put you on the stage in the spotlight, things like there's a lot of questions to ask. And then what is, what is the focus behind why you pray, what you pray and why you do what you do? These are all important questions to ask, and I think we are better at practicing spiritual gifts for willing to, to do that. So with that, we're going to turn off camera so we can pray for Olivia's foot. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I have foot powers, Olivia. Do you not want my foot powers? Well, thanks for watching, and be sure to uh, hit that subscribe. It's that red button down below. Also, smash that bell. And uh, that way you get notified when we go live, because sometimes we go live on Thursdays. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.